God is good. God is faithful. He loves us so much. Um, church, he loves you so much. And I just want to say, uh, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you're tuning in online, uh, if you're watching later in the week, I don't know. Just thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Um, I think it's a big deal. Um, but I, I'm excited to, to share the story of Jesus with you today. It was really cool because um, we concluded our series last week. And come on, can we get Pastor Jeff just preached an amazing word last week on gratitude. It was so good. Um, and so we sat down a couple weeks ago and he told me, uh, he wanted me to preach and he said I could preach on whatever I want to preach on, um, which is awesome. So what do you guys want to talk about today? Why are you laughing? Okay. We'll talk about Jesus today. No, I'm kidding. Um, I do have something planned today. So you're in, you're in, you're in luck. Uh, but I want to, um, I want to go to a very familiar story today. Uh, and it's found in, we'll read it in just a moment, but it's found in Mark chapter six. Um, it's going to be familiar to a lot of you, maybe to some of you, it's a brand new story. Um, but I'm going to break down the story, but we're going to jump from Mark chapter six, but we're also going to take a look at, uh, the same story in Matthew chapter 14. So really cool, uh, same story, but two different kind of perspectives. We'll spend the majority of our time in, in Mark six and we'll just kind of, um, grab some pieces from Matthew 14. Um, and I'm excited to, to unpack um, and, and it's really cool because I don't think like the worship team knew what I was preaching today. Um, but it's just, it's, it's on the same level. It's on the same spectrum. Um, but I want to talk today. Um, I have a, I have a sermon called through the storm, through the storm. So let me say through, through. the storm. And I want to talk about why God takes us through storms, why God takes us through difficult times. But more importantly, what does God do in our storms? What does God do in our difficult times? What does God do in our pain? What does God do in our suffering? What does God do in our sorrows and in our trials? What does he do on the inside of us when we go through these difficult times of life? I want to talk about that today. I understand that that is not a very popular topic. You're, you came to church today. You're, maybe some of you are still full from Thanksgiving and you're like, I just want like a nice cheery topic. And I'm, I'm believing you're going to leave here encouraged. Okay. Can I speak that over you today? I'm believing you're going to leave here better than how you came in. You're going to, you're going to leave here with a better perspective of Jesus. I'm really believing that you're not going to leave here down. You're going to leave here up. Amen. But I understand the season that we are in for some of us, for you know, the holiday season is, is a tough time. It's a tough time where we gather around family and there are now people that are not there anymore. Ugh. And I'm really struggling um, today. So I'm going to do my best. I'm so sorry, church. It's hard. Life is hard, man. And I know that there's some people in the room today. And I want to tell you, God sees your pain. Your pain matters. Your pain is not an afterthought. The things that you are dealing with, they are not too small for God. What I love so much about God is he's so much bigger than our pain, but he is not too big to get close to our pain. He is so close to your pain. The Bible says he's close to the brokenhearted. And I don't know what you're going through. Maybe this season's hard for you, but I want to speak this over to you. Jesus is near. He's close to you. I know that the last two years have been tough. I mean, we don't want to talk about it. Let's move on, right? But, but it, it's been tough. There's been, you know, 
disunity and, 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 and arguments and all the stuff that's happened, and I'm not going to get into it, but the last two years have been hard. Can somebody testify? Like, they've been, they've been hard. Um, and then maybe just on a basic human level, you're going through a difficult season. Maybe there are financial problems. Maybe there are, are marriage problems. Maybe there are just uh, spa, uh, kid problems, you know, relationship problems. You're just kind of going through a tough time. Life. And if you're in this room or you're watching online and you are not having any problems and you are just like happy-go-lucky, I love you. Bless God bless you. Uh, but you can tuck this sermon away for later because how many know pain is inevitable? Progress, however, is optional. And I want to talk about this day. I want to shed light on this day because these, these seasons of life are so, so important, friend, because difficult seasons, they can either define you or they can refine you. And I want to shed light on it today because these seasons are really important. And I think you're going to be surprised. I'm hoping you're going to be surprised how God is still working even in these seasons. Amen. So I want to read these verses. Go to Mark chapter 6 with me. Mark chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 45. And, and, and we won't read from Matthew, but we'll, we'll mention it and I'll pull some, some scripture later on. But Mark, Mark 6, verses 40, 45 through 52. This is the story of Jesus and Peter when they walk on the water. Uh, Mark does not record Peter walking on the water, but we'll get into that a little bit later if I have time. But this is what Mark says. Same story. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples Get into the boat and go ahead of him to Beth- Bethsaida. Yeah, I can't read. How do you say that, Pastor? Bethsaida. There it is. Um, this story uh, is right after uh, the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000, Jesus feeds 5,000, really 15,000 people with one little boy's lunch. It was a fish and chips lunchable. Listen, if the joke hits, you got to just keep hitting it, okay? Like <laughs> every chance I get. I'll probably do it later too. Um, and so this is what's happening right after that. He says he, he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake. Get the, get the picture, it's dark. And he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake, and he was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. (laughs) So not only are they in a storm, and it's dark, but now they see a ghost walking on the water. Okay, they cried out because they're terrified, because they all saw him, and they were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them, he said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Easier said than done, Jesus. Take courage. You know, he's just like really calm. And then he climbed into the boat, and this is the part where they leave Peter out. They climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Let me, let me pray, and then we're, we're going to jump in. Jesus, uh, we, we love you. And God, I just pray that you would help me communicate. God, I know that there's just some people that are uh, they're struggling. God, they're, they're, they're discouraged in their faith. They're walking through a difficult season. God, I thank you that you do so much in these seasons. And Jesus, I just ask that you would give us a new perspective today. God, that we would leave here. And we would know that we, we don't have to be defined by these times in our life, God. We, rather, we can be refined. 
Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would help me communicate what you put on my heart. Make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer. God, I pray that you would soften hearts in the room. God, you would open ears right now in Jesus' name. And we just want more of you, God. We want to see you like we've never seen you before. We want to know you like we've never known you before. We want to leave this place better than how we came in. Because you are so, so good. We love you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen? Amen. Say amen again. Amen. This feels good. This feels right. Again, I think pain and, and storms and you know, difficult seasons. And, and what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to use this word storms to kind of describe everything we're talking about, if that's okay with you. But these, these things we call storms, it's not a very fun topic. Now, there's not a lot of people that are like, you know, like, I, I just love to suffer for Jesus. Woohoo! Right? Not a lot of people would, would say something like that. If you're anything like me, uh, I hate pain. I do everything I can to avoid pain. The only pain that I sign up for is the gym. Okay? The gym. And it hurts to lift weights. But even though we, we know that, that that pain, it produces something. We know that in life, if we handle it the right way, in the right hands, pain produces something. And I think, but I think if we're being honest, we do our best to avoid pain. We do our best to go around pain. We do our best to avoid the storm. There's a storm coming. I'm going to go the other way. We, 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 we don't like that. And there's this false teaching that goes around throughout the churches in America. I don't know if around the world, but a false teaching that says, if you follow Jesus, you can live, live a pain-free life. If you follow Jesus, you can live a problem-free life. Yet when we approach the scriptures, we don't find anything that, 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 that would support that thought. See, Jesus, he never, he never promises a pain-free life, but he does promise that you can have joy in the midst of your suffering. He never promises that you don't have to walk through storms, but he does promise that he will walk with you through storms. Today, I, I'm hoping to give you a different perspective on the storms of life and difficult seasons that we find ourselves in. If I'm being honest, I would love to preach on how to avoid pain. What a great sermon. You would sign up for that class, right? Here's five ways to avoid pain. Okay, cool. Three ways to go around the storm. Sounds good to me. It's not good to anybody else. Are we already on the right? We're already we're on the right page. Like I'm ready to go through this pain. See, because here's the reality is, is that we will all face pain. We all face pain. Pain is a part of life. Ever since the fall of man, sin has entered the world, and there has been this thing called pain. These things called storms. These things called difficult seasons. We will all face these times in our life. And again, I want to say this. The, the, the truth is, is that pain is inevitable, but progress is optional. And I want to be a person who makes progress even in the hardest times of my life. God wants you to make progress even in the hardest times of your life. And I think that we live in a world today that is obsessed with the destination. We forget so often about the journey. We're obsessed with, with getting the promise, but we forget about God's process. Right? I'm, I'm obsessed with getting the abs. I want abs, people. Tell me the fastest way to abs, right? What's the, we click on the video that says, get abs in six days. It's a lie. It doesn't work, okay? Like, give me, the, give me the easiest diet, you know, the one that's going to, like, be the easiest, the one that's most convenient, just the one that I could just eat as much meat as I want. I'm not going to go there. Um, Thank you. 
right? What do we do as humans? We look for shortcuts. We look, how, how can I get there quicker? How can I get there sooner? How can I get there with the least pain, the least resistance? But God is actually telling you, no, 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 I want you to go through the pain. I want you to go through the resistance. I want you to go through the storm. I want you to go through the storm. See, I want to encourage you with this today. If you want to get to, you've got to go through. It's just how life works. If you want to get to whatever God is calling you to, you have got to go through. And I truly, truly have a sense in my spirit today that there, there, there are some amazing people in the room. There, there are some people in this room. You are headed for a great destiny. You are headed for prominence. You are headed for a promise. You are headed for awesome things in God. I really believe that. Some of you in this room, you are headed for a breakthrough. I'm believing some of you in this room, you are headed for a healing. Some of you in this room, you are headed towards a bright future. But please hear me today. If you want to get to, you've got to go through. See, we know God wants to take us from mountaintop to mountaintop. But how many know in order to go to mountaintop to mountaintop, you got to go through the valley? Yeah, God wants to take us from glory to glory. But how many know you got to go through suffering? God wants to take us from blessing to blessing, but you've got to go through sacrifice. And God, he wants to take us from miracle to miracle, but you've got to go through the storm. So I don't know if you see this. We didn't read it, so maybe you didn't see it. But the story, it's bookend. The storm is literally in the middle of two miracles. There's the feeding of the 5,000, and then, and then right after this storm, right after they get to the other side where Jesus tells them to go, it, it, it's, it's not a lot of description, but it says, like, it says anybody who, who came and touched Jesus was healed. He healed so many people that day. So right in the middle of two miracles is this storm, and it's just a part of life. It's just a part of life. But I've learned it's through life's toughest times that our trust grows the most. And whatever you're walking through right now, I want to encourage you in the room. Your pain has a purpose. When we walk through storms with God, he grows us and he shapes us and he calls us. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to use the story in Mark chapter 6 today. And I want to talk about why God takes us through storms. But really, I want to talk about what he does in the storms. The reality is, is there's a lot of times in life where you ask why and I'm like, I don't know. Why did that happen? I don't know. In fact, I wish more preachers would say that. Why, did, why in the world did this happen? I don't know, but I'm here with you. I don't know, but God is with you. But I have, I have, I have some points for you today. I'm believing it's going to encourage you. And so Mark chapter 6 is this incredible story read it moments ago, but it's the story of Jesus and Peter, and they're walking on the water. Again, Peter is not in Mark. I don't have time to get into why. If you're truly interested in why Mark doesn't record it, come see me after the sermon. I will tell you. Uh, but Matthew records Peter walking on the water. But this is the, the story starts. They feed the 5,000, and then, and then Jesus tells the disciples to, to get into this boat. And, and I want you to see this. The reason that they end up in this storm is because they obeyed Jesus. <laughs> Not, not popular preaching, is it? They, they, Jesus tells them to get in the boat and go to the other side. And as they obey Jesus, they were led right into a storm. See, when I say that it's false teaching that somebody would say, God, God wants to give you a problem-free life. We're like, amen. But when life hits us, when difficulties come, when storms hit, 
our knee-jerk reaction is, why is this happening, God? What are you doing? I'm a good Christian. I tithe. I go to church. I gave a pie to my neighbor last week. Why is this happening? They obeyed Jesus. They did the right thing, and they ended up in a storm. I want to make this really loud and clear. God does not create storms. God does not create tragedy, but he will use storms. He will use storms to shape us. He will use storms to grow us. He will use storms to make us more like him. And, and I, can, I can promise you that he will walk with you through the storm. But this says that these disciples, they're, they're, they're out in the storm and they're rowing as hard as they can to try to get to the other side. They're in the middle of the storm. It's dark. Just go with me there. Like, try to imagine it's dark. The waves are getting bigger. The wind is blowing harder. They begin to worry. They begin to panic. They begin to become full of fear. See, I believe one of the greatest problems we have in the midst of our storms is we don't believe that Jesus is anywhere near. We get into our storms and our knee-jerk reaction is, God, why did you let this happen to me? And where are you? Where are you right now in the midst of these waves? Where are you right now in the midst of this storm? And because we are so fixated on the darkness, because we are so fixated on the rain, because we're so fixated on the waves, because we're so fixated on the elements, we can't see Jesus. Yet notice what the Bible says. It says, Jesus began to walk out onto the water towards the disciples. And here's the good news today, that when you're in a storm, when you're in a difficult season, when you're in the midst of pain, when you're in the midst of loss, when you're in the midst of financial trouble, your marriage is on the rocks, when you are in the midst of the storm and you can't see Jesus, Jesus still sees you. Jesus, he sees you. He sees you. His eyes are fixed on you. His eyes are fixed on you, friend, and he is coming your way. See, it's so good because they were in the darkness, but the light of the world was on his way. And even when you can't see Jesus, Jesus sees you. You have to believe he has not forsaken you. He has not left you. He has he, 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 he not given up on you. He is headed your way, even when you can't see him. I mean, I'm just, is anybody thankful that even when I can't see God, God can still see me. So for the rest of, our, rest of our time today, I'm going to try not to preach too long. It's a lie. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, I, I, I want to give you two observations today. Just two. Usually I do three. In all reality, I have six, but I'm just going to give you two. I really do. Maybe I'll do a part two sometime, but just two, two observations today from our story on why God takes us through storms why we go through stuff, but, but really, really, not why, but, but what does God do? What happens? What takes place when we put our trust in God even in the midst of suffering? Number one, we'll jump right in. Number one is it storms make you realize you're not in control. Storms will make you realize you're not in control. Whether you like it or not, you're not in control. We don't like that. Anybody like me? I love being in control. Anybody? Come on. Let's be honest in church. Shame the devil. Tell the truth. I like being in control. You know what I hate? Being out of control. I hate it. I like being in control. When I'm out of control, I feel not like myself. I feel angry, right? I'm frustrated. I want to be in control. I want things to go my way. And I know as humans, we like to be in control. 
The Bible says that the, the disciples, they were straining at the oars. They were straining against the wind. But even in, even in all of their effort, they could not make progress. Have you, ever, have you ever tried your absolute hardest at something and you still just like nothing changed? Like it's one thing to fail if you didn't try. Like I remember being in school and, and, and like taking a math test and I got like an 18 and I just like laughed. I was like, because <laughs> I didn't try. It didn't mean anything to me. Please don't follow my example, young people. <laughs> Study hard. Um, but, but it's another thing when you, when you give everything that you've got. When you put your time and your energy, when you put your heart and your soul, when you put everything that you are into something and still nothing changes. These disciples, they, they're rowing with everything they've got, but even in all their effort, they cannot beat the wind. Why? Because they're not in control. And it's a hard pill to swallow to realize you're not in control. You can have your whole life in perfect order. Uh, finances in order, marriage is in order, kids are in order, you, know, you got the house, you got the cars, but one storm sweeps through and it reminds you you are not in control. I've had some storms in my life where there was nothing I could do to change what was happening right in front of me. My words couldn't change anything. My thoughts couldn't change anything. No amount of money could have changed anything. No skills, no talents could have changed anything. I, I, I think last year was a really good example of, of what I'm talking about. Last year was a really good, I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I've ever prayed more in my life than I did in 2020. And I'm admitting that as a pastor that I prayed more last year than I did this year. Get over it. I did. I, I prayed more last year than I did this year because it was just so, so hard. Like anybody you can relate, like, like when, you, when you get really desperate, you start making deals with God. You know what I'm talking about? God, if you just come through, if you just do this, I will never do that again. And then you do it again. You're like, sorry, Lord. <laughs> God, if you, if you just come through, God, if you do this, you, I don't even care if the Oklahoma Sooners don't win a national championship. You can take it away. And clearly he answered that prayer. So, sorry, I'm hurting. Right? We make deals with God. It's, it, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not. But what every storm has made me realize is that I'm not in control. And it's driven me to my knees and caused me to call upon Jesus. But I think God wants our desperation. I think God wants us to come to a realization that we need him. That we come to a realization that we are not in control. We keep trying to do this thing in our own strength. We keep trying to do this thing in our own control. But he wants us to understand if you just surrender, you would actually open up to see how good I am. And how faithful I am. And how powerful I am. And how close I am. And how much I love you. That if you've got a storm that's leading you to be out of control. Why don't, friend, why don't you just give up and give over control to the one who is in control of all storms to the one who speaks and stars and mountains and oceans come into existence to the one who walks on top of the storm to the one who says peace and everything is calm they make us feel out of control why don't you give over control to the one who's actually in control but i want you to see this because jesus he comes to them on the water and then when they were out of control jesus tells them to take courage. <laughs> They're out of control, and Jesus' solution is, take courage. Don't be afraid. It's, it's me. Take courage. See, what I want you to understand about courage is there's only one way to get courage. Courage can't be borrowed. Courage can't be shared. 
courage has to be taken. You have to take courage. Listen to me. You cannot borrow your parents' courage. You cannot borrow your spouse's courage. You cannot borrow your leader's courage. You cannot borrow your pastor's courage. You have to take courage for yourself. See, we want control, but God wants us to have courage. And here's what I know is you can't always have control, but you can always have courage. That you can't control the storm, but you can always have courage to face the storm. That you can't control the future, but you can have courage to step into the unknown with a known God. That you can't control what's going on around you, but you can have courage to to say, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to walk through this thing because I know on the other side is my destiny. You can take courage because Jesus is in control. For Jesus says in John 16, he says, I want, listen, in this world, in this earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows, but I want you to do something. I want you to take courage because I have overcome the world. He doesn't say, I want you to borrow some courage. He doesn't say, just, hey, share some courage amongst each other. No, he says, take it. Take it. Take courage. So if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Courage, or, sorry, control is God's responsibility. Courage is my responsibility. You can't always have control, but you can always have courage. And it's in the season of through that you can take courage even in the midst of the storm. Number two, number two, it gives us new revelations. What do storms do in our lives? It gives us new revelations. Now, this is, this is really important. Jesus says, take courage. And then it says, immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately, immediately the storm died down, and Jesus got into the boat, and it says they were completely amazed. They were completely amazed. Have you ever noticed that when things happen immediately, we tend to be completely amazed? Right? You know what I'm talking about? When, when things happen suddenly, when God just, you know, when God just comes through, we're like, whoa! Did you see what he did? That was amazing! <laughs> when things happen suddenly, when things happen immediately, we, we, we become completely amazed. And I found we love, we love immediately, don't we? I love immediately. I love suddenly. I love when God comes through suddenly. Uh, right now, God, do it right now. Like, don't do it later, do it right now. I love it. I want to see it right now. God, come through right now. And here's what I've noticed, though, about, follow, about following Jesus. And maybe you can relate. But following Jesus is, is really slow. It's slow. It's patient. It's, are you going to come through, God? What are you doing, God? Okay, I'm still holding on. It's slow. And then it's immediate. Right? It's slow. How much time do I got today? It's slow. Literally, the clock went out. And so I'm, I'm going to preach till noon. The slow. It's really slow. Do you get my point? It's slow. And then it's immediate. Whoa! God just... I love Ruth's testimony when she wasn't even expecting it. She's just worshiping Jesus. She just eyes on Jesus. She just, whatever you got, God, whatever you want, I'm here. I'm yours. I'm going to worship you. My worship is yours. I'm just, my eyes are fixed on you. You've been so good to me. You've been so faithful to me. Here I am. I'm just loving on you. And God just comes through immediately. 
He just comes through immediately. I want him to come through now, but he comes through in the right time. And here's why I'm convinced he works this way. It's because that so many times the immediate things, the suddenly things, the miraculous things are typically on the heels of a type of faith that is slow, a type of faith that is patient, a type of faith that doesn't give up, a type of faith that perseveres, a type of faith that holds on, a type of faith that doesn't give up. Why? Because God wants us to be more caught up with him than we are his miracles. God wants us to be more completely amazed in Jesus than we are his miracles. God wants us to be more in love with who he is more than what he can do for you. And if you're going to go through the storm, if you're going to go through your pain, if you're going to go through your grief, if you're going to go through the loss, if you're going to go through the difficult season, you have got to know who God is and not just what he does. God wants to reveal who he is. Not just what he does. And unless you are committed to following God slowly, you will continually get caught up in what can God do for me? He hasn't done anything for me recently. And we get caught up in this, this type of faith that gets frustrated with God. And we forget everything he's already done. We say this a lot, but I mean it at the bottom of my heart. If he did nothing else, I'd be, have to be thankful. If all he did was die on the cross for me, if all he did was raise from the dead so I could inherit eternal life, so that I could be righteous in his sight, so I could be loved by the creator of the universe, so that I have, I could have an immediate connection with my father in heaven. If that's all he did, how many of you know it's enough? It's enough. But he's so good, he still does more. He does more. And God has a way of revealing himself more deeply through the storm. Because I don't know if you saw it, but we're reading this story. But check this out. It took a storm for Jesus' divinity to be revealed to the disciples. Did you notice it? It took a storm for them to see who he really was. That Whoa, Jesus is not just some teacher. Whoa, he's truly the son of God. And now that they see who he is, can I tell you, everything changes. Because when you know who's in your boat, when you know who's in your boat, what storm could ever stop him? Yeah, yeah, I know life is hard. I know I'm in a difficult season. I know I'm in pain. And it's okay to cry and it's okay to hurt. There is a season for everything. And I know it's difficult. And I know the circumstances around me are not ideal. But I know who he is. I know who he is. He is good. He is faithful. He is loving. He is close. He is miraculous. He is magnanimous. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He, he stands on top of the storm. Come on. He sits on, in heaven and he sits on his, on his throne. And the earth is his ottoman. He breathed stars into existence. He breathed mountains into existence. He breathed oceans that we haven't even plumbed the depths of into existence. This God is in my boat. It's not about what he can do for me. It's about the fact that he's with me. And if he's with me, who could be against me? If he's with me, what could be against me? What storm could stop our God? He's too mighty. See, I've found through the hard times of life, I can't choose my storm, but I can choose my spirit. I can't choose the, what happens around me, but I can choose my attitude. I can't choose the circumstances that surround me, but I can always change my perspective on them. 
And it's new revelations of who he is that helps me continue to trust even in the most difficult of storms. Because I know him. I wonder, do you know him? Because he's never failed anybody and he's not going to start with you. But it was there in the boat. It was there in the boat that they were completely amazed. And the Bible said, because they had not understood about the loaves. What does that even mean? They, they hadn't understood about the loaves, and it says their hearts were hardened. So this is so important because before the storm, like I said, Jesus fed the 5,000, which is really like 18,000 people with one little boy's lunch. And the Bible says that they still did not understand. They still did not understand the loaves, meaning they saw the miracle, but it had not been revealed to them who God truly was, which is crazy to me. <laughs> they saw Jesus feed five, 18,000 people with one little boy's lunch, and they were like, good day. It was a good day. Let's go to bed. It still had not been revealed to them, which means you can see miracles you can see miracles, but still not know God. I'm telling you, friend, something about the storm. Something about pain. Something about suffering. I know it's not popular. There's something about facing it. There's something about not running away from it. There's something about not trying to suppress it. Not trying to expel it as fast as I can so I can just move on with my life. There's something about walking through it with God that reveals a whole other level of Him. And I don't know, maybe it's really mysterious, but it's been through the hardest season in my life that I've never seen Jesus like I've seen Him before. I've never known Jesus like I've known Him before. I know Him. I see Him in a new way. See, storms and pain and loss, they have a way of making you forget what God has done in your life. Can anybody testify to that? You get into the middle of it and you're like, what is going on? And you forget what God has done. But I'll tell you today, storms and pain and loss, they have a way of revealing who God truly is. And I don't know about you, but I don't want more knowledge about Jesus. I just want to actually know him. I, I love knowledge. Like, please get more knowledge. Knowledge is great, but I want to really know him. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to see like I want to see him like the disciples saw him in the moment. In the moment, they saw him. The, the storm it calmed. The, he stepped into the boat, and everything just whew, calm. The craziest storm they'd ever have in their life. Listen, these were, these were seasoned fishermen. They were used to storms, but for some reason, this storm had them terrified. And in one moment, Jesus steps into the boat and everything's calm. Everything is, is, is peace. And they saw him like they'd never seen him before. I love this story so much. I'm done. I'm concluding, kind of. We, we go to Matthew's gospel and we see Peter. And Peter, I love Peter so much because I relate to him. Because he's kind of dumb. That was mean. Don't beat yourself up, Stephen. I'm just kidding. But Peter, Matthew records that he, he, they see Jesus, they think he's a ghost, and, and, um, and he says what he says. He says, hey, don't be afraid, it's me, it's me. I'm not a ghost, it's the Holy Ghost. But. 
And, and Peter, he gets this, this, this sense. He's like, if Jesus can walk on water, maybe I can too. I love Peter. He's so cool. Like, hey, Jesus, maybe I can do this too. And so, hey, if Jesus, if that's you, just call me out there. That's a real test. If you're just some ghost, you're not going to do that. But that's you, Jesus. You. And he goes, okay, come on. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, so he gets out of the boat. And we know the story. He, he begins to walk on water and begins to walk to Jesus. Something happens in the storm. Peter, he gets out in the storm. And, and the storm has not calmed yet. The, the waves are big. The wind is blowing against Peter. And all of a sudden, he starts to get terrified. And what happens? He begins to sink. He begins to sink. And Peter, he cries out. And I love this because I've never seen this before, but Peter prays. Peter, he he prays here. Because how many know, you you, you might be here today and you're like, I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to cry out? Do you know how to say, God, help? Do you know how to say when you're in the middle of the storm, help? That's prayer, friend. I don't have all the elaborate words. I'm pretty sure you can say help. Peter, he cries out to Jesus and Jesus, what's the Bible say? Here's, here comes this word again, immediately. It says immediately he grabbed a hold of Peter. And I want to speak this over you today, friend. Did you know that you can be sinking but still held by God at the same time? Some of you, you feel like you're failing. Some of us, we see sinking as failure. But I came to tell some people today, you can be in pain and still be held by God. You can be experiencing loss and grief and still be held by God. You can be hurt and angry and offended and confused and still be held by God. You can be having financial problems and marital problems and and relational problems with your kids. It will still be held by God. God's hand is on your life. You are in the palm of God's hand, and he is not going to let you go. What man could pluck him? You can't pluck man from God's hand. He's got a hold of your life. So no matter what you're going through, even in your most difficult season, even when you're sinking, even when you're going down, God's hand is on your life. His hand is on your life. See, when you feel like you're soaking wet, you feel like you're sinking your story is not over in this life or the next your story is not over and I want you to think about this for a second because Jesus he had his hand on Peter as he was sinking and he pulls he pulls him out of the water and then Jesus says this I know we don't have the scripture but you can read it later Matthew 14 he, he, he says this he says he says you have little faith and he, I love how the message puts it. It says, he asks, he asks, what got into you? What got into you? What got into you? And it says, as soon as they got out of the boat, the wind and the waves were gone, immediate calm, and the story ends, and they all worship Jesus. They all worship Jesus. And can I be honest? That's how oftentimes we leave the story. Well, rough day for Peter. Wow. He, he really screwed up. I mean, he had to go in there for a little bit, but <laughs> he sunk. Wow. If he just kept his eyes on Jesus, if he, uh, if he wouldn't, have just, if he just had more faith, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have sunk. You know, can we stop this talk about if you just had more faith? Put, can, I, can I ask, please, somebody tell that to Paul. When he got shipwrecked, when he got bit by a snake, 
when he got flogged and stripped naked and beaten, walk up to Paul and say, hey, Paul, I just feel like if you had more faith, you might have not got shipwrecked. I have a feeling he would maybe laugh at you. See, it's not about faith. It's about storms. It's about life. It's about the fact that we all go through it. And you're not a bad person. You're not a bad Christian. You're, you're, you're not a bad follower of Jesus. You're human. Peter was human. And he says, he says, what got into you? And, and I love Peter. Peter never replies. I don't know. I don't know if you thought about Like, I, I think about these things. He asks him a question. And I'm like, if Jesus asks you a question, you better answer up, Peter. He's like, what got into you? Peter doesn't reply. They just go back to the boat and the, and the, the storm stops and they worship Jesus. Like if I'm Peter, I'm like, did you see the waves, Jesus? Like, hello, we're in the middle of a storm. What do you mean what got into me? So in the past, I've read this story and I've asked Jesus, Jesus, are you kind of like taking a shot at Peter? And here's a massive problem that we have, church. And I know my, my time's almost up, but I just feel like I, this is so important. So many times we, when we read scripture, we use the words of Jesus but in a tone he never had. We've got a lot of preachers that are using the words of Jesus, but in a tone he never had. We've got a lot of Christians that are opening their Bible and they're reading the words of Jesus, but in a tone he never had. And we think he's angry. <laughs> and we think he's frustrated. And we think he's upset. But no, he's just trying to get us on top of the storm with him. He's got a different mission in mind. See, see, Jesus, the Bible teaches us that there's no condemnation in, for those who are in Jesus. Meaning that Jesus would never use shame or guilt to teach someone a lesson. He never would have. If anything, if Jesus ever took shots at anybody, it was the Pharisees who believed that they were good enough to save themselves. But not people in pain. Not people in pain. Not the woman caught in adultery. Not the woman at the well who had had five husbands and now was living with the sixth man. Not a man named Zacchaeus who was maybe the greediest person in all the Bible. Maybe. Not, 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 not even Peter who denied Jesus three times. Not even him. And so these, these, these tones of condemnation and shame and guilt and hopelessness, they do not come from God, but they come from the enemy. They come from the accuser of the believers. They come from the enemy. And he will tell you, because you're sinking, you failed. Because you doubt, you are not a believer. Because you lust, you do not love. And, he, and these, these lies, they will often come in the biggest waves of our life. But sometimes in some seasons and some waves are just so big, it's only normal and natural to forget that Jesus is in control, that Jesus is present, that Jesus is currently on top of the storm that I am in. So whatever you're going through today, I want to encourage you. Do not beat yourself up. Do not hang your head low. You might feel like you're sinking. You might feel like you're soaking wet. You might feel like you're failing. But can I tell you today, God's hand is on your life. God's hand is on your life. You are in the palm of God's hand. So whatever you, you feel guilt and shame and condemnation, I ask that God would remove in Jesus' name and he would, he would replace with hope and love and peace and he would restore your heart and he would remind you his hand is on your life. His hand is on your life and no man can pluck you from the grip of God. 
can tell you for sure right here, right now, Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always rescue you. He will always reach out to you. He will always grab hold of you. His arm is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. His hand is on your life. He's not letting go, friend. I love Isaiah 43 too. He says, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And I end with this. I end with this. I, I, I want to make a declaration of your life. We'll read, can we read Matthew 30, 14, 32 through 33? I want to make this declaration of your life and then we're going to pray. It says, when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Can I declare this over you today? Your storm will end in worship. This thing you're going through, this pain you're experiencing, this, 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 this season of difficulty, I don't know what it is, but I know it's real. And I know God sees you. And I know God is near to you. And I want to declare this over you by faith. This season will end in worship too. This storm will end in worship too. I'm praying and I'm believing that at the, at the end of this thing, Jesus is going to show you, you're going to see Jesus like you've never seen him before. You're going to know Jesus like you've never known him before. And in awe, I used to be in awe of my pain. I used to be in awe of my storm. I used to be in awe of these waves. But oh my goodness, now, wow, I'm so in awe of Jesus. Truly, you are the son of God. And you used to be in awe of the pain. But now you could be in awe of the one who is on top of the storm, who's in control of the storm. Will you pray with me today? Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you have purpose in all seasons. Just feel it in the room, God. We get into worship and I just know that there's people going through some hard times. And I thank you, Jesus, for the truth that you're with us. We just declare these simple things, God. I thank you right now in this moment. We don't have to be in control. We can trust you because you're in control. And God, that can cause us to take a hold of courage. We can't control the storm, God, but we can have courage to face the storm. And I thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to face the storm alone. Not only do we face the storm with you, God, we face this storm with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I think this room is full of people that have possible connections. God, people that have been further than us, people that have been through the same storms we are currently in. And I pray, God, we would just have a divine, divine appointments with people that have been through things we've been through before. And God, they, they would help us through. God, I thank you so much. You don't call us to walk through this life alone. God, you call us to link arms with brothers and sisters and walk through storms of life together. So I even just pray right now, Holy Spirit, divine inspiration on who these people are, divine appointment on who these people are. God, they, we, we would meet up and we would just begin to meet in coffee shops. We begin to meet in homes. We begin to walk through this thing together. 
And we thank you, Jesus, above all, that you walk with us through these times. And and God, I thank you so much that that these storms of life, they are so hard. But I pray that we would be a people that wouldn't try to just run away or avoid it, God. But we would just have the courage to face it. And God, through the storm, we would see you like we've never seen you before. God, we would know you like we've never known you before. And God, this storm that the enemy meant for evil, God, you will use it for good. And it will lead to worship. It will lead to true worship. God, it will lead to worship in spirit and truth. God, a worship like we've never worshiped before. God, a worship that's more than a song, a worship that is a lifestyle, that everywhere I go, I know that Jesus is right next to me. Everywhere I go, I know Jesus is in my boat. And so no matter what I face, I know that nothing can stop him. And it changes everything. And it leads us, God, to true worship, that we would not be in awe of storms and problems and, 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 and disease. And God, and uh, these, these, these rumors that go throughout our world and, and the nation and on the news, God, we would turn that off. God, we would just be and awe and be just swept up by you and your goodness and your faithfulness and your love and your closeness. God, we need you like we've never need, we needed you before. I pray, God, as we continue through this season of just, God, we're seeing amazing growth. God, we're seeing amazing things. But God, we would cling to you like we never clung to you before. I pray we'd be like the disciple John that just would put our head on the chest of Jesus. We would just get so close. I want to pray for somebody in the room today, but you're here, you're watching online and you're in this room and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You never made a decision to make him the Lord and savior of your life. I want to give you an opportunity to, to make that decision today. I want to declare it's the most important decision that you will ever make. This changes everything. There's something I talked about. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who are in Christ Jesus are simply talking about people who have placed their faith in Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of their life. And the Bible says that all, every single person, all have fallen short of God's standard. We all need Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. And today you can make that decision. Today you can receive salvation. Now, what I love so much is it's the free gift. It's free, friend. It is not too good to be true, but it's just free. It's free gift. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. In fact, you never will. You simply have to receive it. The Bible says, God, he, he knocks on the door of your heart and he asks a question, will you let me in? So today I want to ask if you want to make that decision, anybody in the room, I'm just asking that you would, eyes are closed, but we, I just want to pray for you. If, you. if that's you, you want to lift your hand so I can see you and pray for you. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Today is your day. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise in this place? He's so good. He's so good. I want to encourage you, if you're watching online, if you receive salvation today, you can text HOTL to 97000. If you made a decision, we're going to have some people over here that want to pray for you. If you're new, we want to say one more time, Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We love you so much that we have a gift for you. Uh, And it's out in our info center. We have chocolate and coffee. And we love you guys. Will you stand to your feet with me? We're going to have prayer teams come forward right now. And I just want to pray for you one more time. Jesus, we love you. God, I ask that you would just bless us as we go. I pray that as we leave here, God, we would would leave here more encouraged. God, we would leave here seeing you like we'd never seen you before. And Jesus, I thank you that you're so close to us. You're so near. We need you, God, in our Monday. We need you in our Tuesday. We need you in our Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We need you every day, God. And I just pray, God, that we would just get this sense in our heart, God. 
We just want to be close to you, Jesus. We love you. And God, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Come on, all God's people said amen.